0: Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. I'm the youth pastor, if you don't know, and I get to get up here and share the word every once again, and uh, it's just always a privilege to just share my heart. Um, I love Jesus, and I love the word of God, and I love people, right? That's a good thing to live by, and um, I'm really excited about what God has put on my heart today um, because I just feel like God just continues continues just to build these things, these uh, spiritual truths in my life it just feels like every time that I get the opportunity to speak, it just feels like it just continues to grow. And so I preached a message um, about six weeks ago. And this today will be kind of like a part two to that. And I talked about this. Um, the message was titled, The Breath of Transformation, Humility. And the Lord spoke to me about this Was um, I was up in North Georgia mountains, and the Lord spoke to me as I was putting a fire together. He spoke to me and said, the breath on that embers is just like transformation. God wants to breathe on the embers of our life, and those embers is humility. And there has to be an understanding in our life of what true humility is. And I talked about that humility is not something that we are trying to work in us true humility is something that we're trying to work out of us right it's the working out of our salvation god's fullness from us is it's not something that we're trying to work in us but it's something that we work out of us right you understand like and when we become born again that we're a spirit we're a soul and we're a body and our spirit is what the part of us that gets transformed and changed. And it's that part of us that looks exactly like Jesus, right? And I just, you know, one of the things about this humility is, I think a lot of the times, this is just kind of a, a review of what I taught because it feels like it just, it connects with what we're going talk to talk to about today. And that is, humility has a lot of times been very one-dimensional, You know, we talked about how there are three motivations that compel us towards humility. One of those being our origin, the second being where we came from, and the third, where we're going, right? Where we are presently and where we're going. And the origin is, you know, is looking at Adam in the garden and God taking a handful of dirt and breathing into it, right? Right? What did Adam do to be humbled? Did he sin? No, he, God breathed into a handful of dirt and, and formed Adam, and Adam saw God. And that is incredibly humbling. Right? Just think about it. Adam did nothing to be humbled. He existed. And I feel like we have to remember, that's where we came from. We came from a handful of dirt, and God breathed into us. But the powerful thing is, we're not just a cup of dirt. that God in his heart and in His intention, before He breathed in, before He breathed into dirt, he thought about what He had in mind. And it, what was in his heart and what was the intention of his heart and mind was us. Was to have children. Was to have sons and daughters. And so we're not ever a cup of dirt. God, we're the, we're the will of God. Which is actually what I'm talking about. My life, the title of my message today is, My life is the will of God. Amen. And you'd be like, blasphemous read the gospel it's very clear was jesus was the life of jesus the will of god are we in jesus is he in us then your life is the will of god now we may not be functioning in the full capacity of that and that is the working out of our salvation but and by default, because of the Spirit coming on the inside of us, we become the will of God. We're adopted into the family. And that's, man, that's awesome. When you, if you can believe this, walk around and say, I'm the will of God. <laughs> like, oh, that's really arrogant. No, I'm just really in love. And I know He really loves me. And, I'm, and I believe His word. It puts a whole new confidence. You're going to pray for somebody and somebody needs help? Here comes the will of God. Right? thats I mean, it's humbling to think that. Right? And so, we also, I mentioned this, that, um, you know, it's actually humility that saved us. So, uh, humility, without humility, we couldn't experience salvation. I think this is important to remember. It's, Jesus laying his life down, the, the, the absolute fullest picture of humility, laying his life down, emptying himself, right? Becoming like us and, and taking up the cross. That's an act of humility, is it not? And without that act, we couldn't even experience salvation. So humility is an incredible important feature. But again, it's not something that we're trying to work in us it's something that we're working out of us from a, from a place of fullness and i ended on this and this is kind of where we're going that humility is the good soil where the word can grow it's when it's humility is that the condition of the soil that's talked about in mark 4 like you can plant a lot of seed and you can water it and you can nurture it But if the soil, the condition of the soil, is not right, is not not ready to receive the seed, I mean, you can plant all the seed day long that you want. And I think we have have a, a problem, kind of a crisis in the body of Christ, that we just try to cram in a whole lot of knowledge without the condition of the soil being right. In, in my nature mind, you know, with the whole aspect of fire, it's like for me. I think about when I, if you just get a fire going in the early stage, and then you just throw on a bunch of logs, you just throw on a, that doesn't work, right? You have to let it. You have to let it build, and you have to let it grow, and you and you start out with with small sticks. It's like we try to pile on all these big logs in our life all these big things of of truth and knowledge, and those things aren't bad. I'm not saying they're bad. They're absolutely from God. But we can try to cram so much in. It's like cramming for a test. You don't retain any of that. And so we just try to throw it on, and then what what does it do with the fire? It suffocates the fire. A lot of times we're just trying to get this full-length concept and and God's just wanting us to look at one word. One word. I think it's that, you know, every Hebrew, you know, you know the Bible is was written in Hebrew, right? in Greek. The Hebrew I think like each Hebrew letter has like 70 different meanings. Like just the letter. Not like and so you combine that with the word, like a word and then a sentence and then a verse. And we're just trying to get it all. And it's like, we could just focus on one word and get a ton of revelation, you know, from God. And so God doesn't want us to just, God just wants to nurture that and that happens. They're just learning what true humility is, you know? Looking at our origin, looking at where we came from. We were dead in our sin, and now we've been made alive in Christ, And then God brings us into his inheritance, into everything that he offers, and says, it's all yours. Like, that's the marriage. Like, that's a real marriage. What's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. Like, that's a covenant. And that's the covenant that we have with God. Although we don't give God, you know, what's ours, but God still gives us all of his. And he just wants us to say yes and respond to him, because when we give it all to him, our lives is going to be exponentially blessed beyond our wildest dreams, right? And so, I want to read Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, just to kind of give a little bit of um, just more support to my life is the will of God. This is kind of a refresher still, but it says, blessed be the God The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, say has, not will, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So before you or even a thought or anything in this world God purposed in his heart to have you. No matter whatever the circumstances were that we came into this life, honestly, in in measure or in comparison to what God says, doesn't mean a thing. He chose us. God chose us, regardless if our parents chose us or whatever. God chose us before the foundation of the world. So there's not a single mistake walking on the planet. And there never has been. That we should be holy and without blame before Him and love. Verse 5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. That's just simply meaning, again, He's saying the same thing. Before you were born, it was in my heart to adopt you into a family, to make you sons, to make you daughters, right? According to the good pleasure of his will. That's his good pleasure. You make God smile. You do. You really make God smile. Just like we smile... Those of us who have kids and we smile at all those little quirky things they do and all those things. They're silly, you know, but we, it's our good pleasure for them to be there, right? There's purpose behind why they exist. How much more with God? How much more purpose does God have for us to exist? You know, Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, Right, The the disciples are asking Jesus, I think it's Matthew 18. He says, you want to be great in the kingdom? Disciples are like, yeah, we want to be great in the kingdom. Show us how. Jesus pulls a child to his side. Become like this child. Not in immaturity, but of heart. Right? Because if you don't, If we don't become like children in that regard that Jesus is talking about, we're going to get so in our head that we never live from our heart. Because God made us to live from our heart, not throwing away from our head. We're just not meant to be led by our head. We're meant to be led by our heart. But a heart connected to his love, rooted and grounded in his love for us. You might not want to be led by your heart if you're not connected to his love. Because your heart can lead you astray. But if your heart's connected to him, man, it's wide open. The the kingdom is yours. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory. So this is something to worship and praise God about. For the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted. Say, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. And, the and the beloved. Yes, we are the beloved of God. So I want to go into, this is what we're going to be talking about today. This is the main passage. Romans 12, 1 through 2. And I'm just going to start reading this. And then, what? here's what I'm going to do. Just to kind of give you a setup. I'm reading through Romans 1 through 2, and I'm going to read it all the way through, and then I'm going to read it in a different tra- another translation. And then we, what I felt like God was leading me to do was go into each part of those verses and kind of dissect those verses out, right? And so I'm going to read it all the way through, and then we're going to go by it bit by bit. Okay, can we do that? All right, so Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by, that means brothers, <laughs> by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I think I have verse 3. Is verse 3 there? Just read that because I just really like this verse. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And that just makes me totally think of Philippians 2 where it says, you know, esteem others above yourself and put on this mind, this same mind that was on Jesus, that he humbled himself, being obedient to the cross. And so I just love that, like, the, seeing the, the similarities where Paul is writing in a different letter, but it goes back to another letter. So, okay, so now we're going to read it in what's called the J.B. Phillips translation. And it says, With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Verse 2, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good. It meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Alright. So we can go to go back to Romans 12 1 and we're going to start dissecting this thing. I beseech you, as we saw in the other translations beg, you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now then another translation say the compassions of God. This word is plural meaning that it's more than one. And what this is talking about is any time that we read a verse in the Bible, it's very important not to just pick it and just read it for where it is, but with the understanding of the whole context. Like Romans, if you've read Romans, Romans is an incredible masterpiece, very full book. There's a lot in the book of Romans. It's 16 chapters. And reading Romans 12, 1 and 2, you have to remember what Romans 1 through 8 is talking about. Like you talk about Romans, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power unto salvation for the Jew first and the Greek also. That, you know, in it, you know, the just shall live by faith. That's Romans 1. And then you go on after that and it gets really scary. If you've ever read the end of Romans 1. And it talks about just all this vileness and sin of mankind. And it's what Romans 1 through 3 is doing is making the point that condemnation came on every single person. The ungodly, the self-righteous, everybody. The Jew, condemnation came to everybody. You know, a lot of people are good at, I mean, I say a lot of people, A lot of times, you know, Romans 3.23 gets quoted. For all I've sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We've all heard that. That's usually, that's used as a way to kind of get people to acknowledge their sin. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there's a verse that follows that says being freely justified. (laughs) And that doesn't get quoted a lot of times after the fact. And then you go into Romans 4. I'm just making like a a real quick sweep of Romans 1 through 8 for you, which is, this is going to be an amazing thing if I can actually pull it off. But Romans 4 is talking about being justified by faith, and Abraham's that example, and that, you know, Sarah, she couldn't conceive in her womb, and God promised that he was going to, you know, have a, a nation of children, and it talks about how Abraham's our example of faith not being able to see it, but believing God, and because Abraham believed, he was justified by faith. Then you go into Romans 5, and it talks about how we were born in Adam, and then how we're born into Christ. See, Romans 5 and Romans 6 is a compare and contrast. Romans 5 is where we were in Adam. Romans 6 is where we are in in Christ. In (laughs) Christ. Creep. Creep. Yeah. So Romans 6 says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Like, you're de- it says you are dead to sin. Like, it says it three times in one chapter. Dead to sin, dead to sin. Present yourself as instruments of righteousness, not of instruments of unrighteousness, right? Then Romans 7 talks about the old man, talks about, you know, it talks about you before Christ. And then Romans 8 shows you what God has done in you through the Spirit. So Romans 7 is living, walking after the flesh. Romans 8, walking after the Spirit. And it starts off, as we all know, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so in light of all that, Look at Romans 12.1, because that's the context. And then if you want to know, Romans 9, 10, and 11 talks about selection, right? God's selection. And if I'm being completely honest, I have not studied Romans 9, 10, and 11 a whole lot. But one good thing I remember out of, out of those passages, it talks about us being the clay and him being the potter, right? And humility is the way that God softens your heart for him to shape and mold you. And he is only going to shape something that's absolutely beautiful and amazing. And so we can trust our lives. We can be the clay and be soft and soften our hearts towards him and let him shape and mold us. And so in light of all of that, Paul says, because there's also this progression That's really cool to see. And God's been just really opening my eyes. There's a progression that you see it in Ephesians that we get this foundation and this being rooted in love. And it's this place of resting. It's this place of resting in all these truths that Christ has for us, right? All these, like Ephesians 1 through 3, it's building a foundation for your life. And then you read Ephesians 4, and it talks about now that we have all this, now that I've laid it all out. Because I'm telling you, like, the Bible, the, it's, once you see some of these ways that it's, it's laid out, like, like Paul didn't, some, the writers, they didn't just sit down and just like, okay, let me think about this. All right, all right, I'm going to write this like no. <laughs> when you like i I'm, I'm just like my mind is being blown because like I'm seeing it, and there is a, such a level of intensity in all these writers with everything that they wrote. I mean they I just in my heart, I see them just completely absorbed and just in prayer and and just and just in union with Christ, just thinking about how can I communicate everything that's in my heart? How can I communicate it, you know, carrying God's character and carrying God's truth? Like, that would be a hefty task, right? I mean, good thing they probably, Paul and the writers probably didn't know that their writing was going to be, you know, carried into the canon and into the Bible, right? So, like, they, didn't have, they might, probably didn't have that pressure. But think about that pressure. Alright, I'm gonna write something, and people are gonna read this and they're just gonna love it. They're just or they're gonna hate it too. They're gonna to go bonkers over it. Right? There's just there's the Bible is awesome in that way. And you, so you see this design, and, and I'm seeing it with Paul's letters, how there's just this, there's the similarity. So he walks out, he just plants a bunch of seed, right? Okay, and then he's like, okay. Now it's time for you to water it. And it's time for you to walk it out, right? And it doesn't mean that you're less than. It's just like you have to have one thing before you can have the, the next, right? Because if we're not rooted and grounded in love, we'll never step beyond where we are. It's just the truth. If we're not rooted and grounded in love, we'll constantly... Or I'll say, we're just going to have this aware, awareness of everything that's contradictory of that, everything that's opposite of that. So we have to be rooted and grounded in love. And so Romans 1 through 8, no, it's taken me a while to say this, but Romans 1 through 8 is like Ephesians 1 through 3. And then Romans, or Ephesians 4, talks about walking in this and talks about all the practical things, right? You know, love and people you know, and I'm convinced there's a reason why in Ephesians 5, at the end of Ephesians 5, it talks about loving your wife and wives love your husband. It's because there's a lot of seed, there's a lot of foundation that has to be built for you to love with God's kind of love, right? right? Paul doesn't just start off Ephesians saying, okay, Christians, you're not loving your wives. Husbands, you know, you're not loving your wives. Wives, you're not loving your husbands. All right, I'm just, gonna, I'm just tired of it. Here's what I'm going to write. You know, this is what you need to do, right? No, he lays out this beautiful masterpiece of the gospel, and Paul does this. It's, I, I see it in a lot of the same letters. He's doing that is he wants your heart to be rooted and grounded in the gospel, right? And then he's saying, okay, now that you've begun this process, now begin to walk this thing out. Begin to live it. Begin to let it your life be an expression of everything that I've done. And so Paul is saying in this verse, in light of all of Romans one through eight, just I mean it's so incredible the whole, all of it. I beg you, I plead. Therefore. Brethren, by the mercies of God. So everything that we talked about, Romans 1 through 8, is those compassions and mercies of God. That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Your body, when it's talking about, it's not just talking about your physical body. It's talking about your entire being spirit, soul, and body, every part of you present that part as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, that intelligent, logical decision. You know, I think about Jesus in the garden, you know, when Jesus is sweating blood. Like, to me, that's a picture of Presenting his whole entire being. Not my will, but your will, Father, be done. Right? That's the presentation of our bodies. That's the presentation. We're not just presenting our work. We're presenting our motives. We're presenting our intentions. We're presenting our will, what we want. We're presenting all of that stuff. That's the presentation we're presenting as a living, living sacrifice because it's day by day that we continually present, All right? And you think about also, you think about the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11. You know, those cloud of witnesses, it's, it's their life. That, you know, they say, you know, the cloud of witnesses, you have a cloud of witnesses in heaven that are cheering you on and I, I think I've preached that. <laughs> but I think the cloud of witnesses is saying that we didn't count our lives as our own. We presented our lives as a living sacrifice. And we won. And we came out with victory. Every single story in Hebrews 11 is a witness to each and every one of us that we win that we have victory, that we can do this. It's a witness to say, what does a witness do? It testifies of what's been done in their life. We have that great cloud of witnesses, right? That we can can walk it out. We can do it. And it says, and do not be, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. And this word, conform, it means to fashion alike, conform to the same pattern, conform, fashion self according to. You know, th- this word can be like conform is to mold. You know, every, every day there's an opportunity to decide which mold that we're going to be poured into. Pressures, circumstances, Every day there's a decision. What mold are we going to be formed into? And we remember all of this in light of how good he is and how amazing he is. That we're not going to be conformed to this world. We're not going to be conformed and molded into the way that the world thinks. We're going to be molded into something else. We're going to be molded as someone that has a living sacrifice presenting our bodies And you see, where we're going, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can't, those are, that's a collaboration. There's a collaboration for the renewing of our mind and be transformed. It happens in collaboration of us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's the humility part. That's the part of the soil of our hearts being a good place for the word of God to grow. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it says all of creation waits with anticipation for the sons of God to manifest. And this just lays out what the will of God is for our life. My life is the will of God because I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind and I'm not conforming to this world and it's an absolute work of grace. And so God collaborates this truth. He brings these truths together that the way that we get the working of the Word, the washing of the Word in our life is by presenting ourselves. Each and every day we present ourselves to Him because He has presented Himself to us. And as we do that, our life is the expression of the will of God. I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you. God, we just thank you for what you've done. God, we thank you for your incredible love and your incredible mercies. God, your compassions. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you, God, that our life is the will of God. God, we thank you that you are fathering us. God, with truth, God. God, we just thank you for your spirit, God, that helps us in our weakness. Lord, we surrender our lives to you. God, we love you, God, as a response of your love for us. God, we're so thankful for everything that you've done. God, we want our life to be a complete reflection God, in spirit, soul, and body. God, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, to see. You know, in, in my life, I began to experience a lot of change. There was December 31st, 2018. And I preached a message up here. And every word that I said, I didn't believe. And it was a real difficult time for me. I'm just being real. And I made a decision. I was telling my wife. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. Like, I don't. I don't want to be, go up there and not believe what I'm saying. And I made a decision in my heart after that. You know what? I'm not just going to know the Word of God. I'm going to become the Word of God and what it says. And I had to humble myself. I had to come to the end of myself. And it wasn't like some like crazy thing that happened. I just got up here and I spoke. And I didn't really believe what I was saying. And I made a decision, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Because I want to see. I I really want to see. I want to see what you have for me. I want to see your truth. I really, I want to really believe it. I really want to see it. I want my life to be an absolute reflection of his character and his will every part of me and since that time in my life I've had a, I've just had abundant I'm not saying that I don't come up against things but I'm saying from that moment forward I've had abundance of rest in my life and in my heart and it all started with me just humbling myself that's why I talk about humility is I talk about it from that place if we, if we do not step into what God is calling us to do, then we'll never fail. And hear me if you're going to step into what God's going to call you to do, we're all going to fail. But if I'm falling, I'm just going to be falling towards Jesus. We can't be afraid to fall. We can't be afraid to fail you know what i see a lot of times in people's lives is they we have a hard time receiving truth we have a hard time receiving that conviction of the holy spirit because we haven't rooted and grounded ourselves in love but when you root yourself in god's real love like i'm just i'm talking to you like a family because you're you we are a family when you root yourself in God's love, you can receive that. You can receive that correction. You can receive that, no child, turn this way. You can receive the truth of God's word. Because God's word, is, it says in Hebrews 4.12, is alive and it's living, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's dividing our soul from our spirit, showing us to the deepest part of us, to the intents of our heart, showing us what spirit in our life and what soul so that we can be led by His Spirit. And that's, the place, and that's what gives Him joy, you guys, is to see us just humble ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, and our, the soil of our heart is soft for the Word to come in and for the Word to grow. Amen. And we need the Word to grow. Mm-hmm. we got people outside these doors that need us to be the body of Christ. Yeah. We can't be separate. We have to be together. we got to be a body of believers that are humble with the same humility that Christ carried to touch the world. And it's not a measuring of where you're, where you're not. It's a measure. It's an invitation, as I like to say. You don't hear any of this as where you're not because that's condemnation, that's shame, and that's a bummer. Like God never wants us, God never uses shame, condemnation, or guilt to ever motivate anybody. Never. It's always from the devil. Just is. God motivates us with our, His love, and His love convicts us, and His light comes in and exposes the errors of our hearts, not to show us where we're not, but to show us the beautiful painting that He's presenting to us. That's the gospel. Like, when you know his love, you're not afraid of the light coming to expose. Like, you don't see it as a bad thing, even if he exposes whatever. Like, it doesn't, when you know that he loves you, you're like, expose it all. I'm mean, just being real. Like, expose all the wrong motives, all the wrong things that fill my heart and cause me to get in fear and worry and all that dumb stuff that we waste all this time doing. When God, Jesus says, do not worry. It's not a suggestion. It's his heart. Because if we're worried and we're fearful, the life of God will be suffocated in us. We gotta, we're just going to be bare and open. And it says, falling after Hebrews 4.12, that that's what the word does. It, it exposes us and leaves us naked before him. We're like, oh no. Well, look at Adam and Eve before this fall. They were naked. They were exposed. But there was no shame. There was no condemnation. There was no guilt. And when they did sin. They covered themselves with their, something that they made. And what did God do? He covered them with something that He made. As a reminder that you will never cover yourself again with fig leaves. That He wants to cover you with His righteousness and His holiness and His love. I, I just want us to just have that heart that's just open for every seed to come in because we're his beloved and we're his family. So I'm going to pray again. I know I prayed. but it wasn't done yet. So, Lord, we just thank you for today, God. I thank you that every heart is just um, sensitive, God, that their heart. I thank you that, God, right now, God, you're just nurturing all of our hearts, Lord, God thank you for just with your love, God, just growing us in grace and humility and mercy, God. God. we thank you, God, that word, your word today is penetrating hearts. God we want we just desire, not a place of feeling like where we're not, but God, we thank you for the invitation to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. God so that we are not conformed. To the stinking thinking of the world. And God, that we're be transformed, our life would be completely, absolutely amazing and beautiful. And that doesn't mean that trials and circumstances and life won't come, it just means we won't be moved by them. God, that we would be moved more by your truth, God, that the voice that we would listen to and be led by would be your voice, not the voice of the stranger, that we would never follow the voice of the stranger, but we would follow your voice, God, that always leads us. God, it's you that always lead us into triumph, God, that you give our lives as a sweet aroma of of fragrance, God, of how beautiful of a work that you've done on the inside of us, God. So, God, we love you. God, we're just gonna we're committing in our hearts, Lord, to just yield our lives to you. Spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you for the grace, God, to empower us to do that, God, that you even change the desires of our hearts as we delight ourselves in you. Jesus, we're willing, God, even in our weakness, God, we thank you that there's an abundance of strength. Thank you, Lord God. I just thank you, God, for a new uh, level of confidence. God, to come boldly before your throne of grace and mercy. God, I thank you that each one of us, God, being the will of God, would perform mighty exploits for your kingdom. God, thank you in our family that we would be able to love our family like the way that you love Jesus. God, that we would love our coworkers and our friends, God, with the love of Jesus, not trying to get anything in return, but being overwhelmed by your love for us, that we just respond by giving it in return. God, we commit our hearts to that, God. We want to be transformed, God, by your truth and by your spirit, Lord. And so we yield to you. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for the opportunity to just share your word and share your truth. And just, um, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, thank you. You can go ahead and stand. Father, so we just send everyone out today, God, empowered by your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Empowered by your life, God. God, let the eyes of each person's hearts be enlightened to see the beautiful painting that you have displayed in front of us, God. God, we just thank you for a desire growing, God, to just spend time with you and to be in this intimate relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.